Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Hi, Adam. I'm great. How are you? Are you? Considering that our the key member of our team has been lost to the season, lost for the season to injury? I mean, I was great before you brought that up. Well, we're going to talk about it. Well, you guys already talked about it, but we're going to we're going to just rip the bandaid off of it, aren't we? Yeah, we yeah, we did talk about it. Jake and I, we talked about it on a emergency podcast Monday night. If you did not see that, uh, go check that one out. But you will you will be hearing this Wednesday morning. Um, You'll be past waivers. So uh, good luck on your waivers in advance. Hopefully you get a Jeremy Nichols or a Boston Scott. And an hopefully you're not settling on a Brian Edwards. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, I'm surprised that you, well, you and Jake weren't on enough because it happened earlier today to see Joe Douglas fleece another general manager. That in fact did happen. That a was true a true salary dump by the Kansas city chiefs. That was like incredible. I mean, he's our third Daniel Brown. He's like our third tight end. And he's going to be the third tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we got a potential starting offensive lineman. He's going to be the starting offensive lineman because there is no way that Greg Van Roten should ever see a football field ever again. Represent Greg Van Roten. Untold story. Whoa. Yay. Hometown hero. Sucks, only, but only like hometown people, hero. Only like three people. For, for three people or four people, including us, get that reference. It's us, it's Greg Van Roten himself, and Gabe Salzman. That's True. it. True. It's the only four people that get that. <laughs> Great point. Absolutely fantastic point. Yeah. But anyway, that was that was a past life. Sadly. Sadly, yeah. What I would what I would give to go back. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we have another meter. We haven't used a, we haven't used the starter meter in a while. It's get, it's getting rusty, you know. We've we haven't cleaned it in a while, but you know now we're going to be trading that in for a fancy new meter. There's no such thing as too many meters, Adam. Come on now. Do you know me? I love a it, nice meter. I do know you. Unfortunately, sweet, sexy, beautiful meter. Case in point. Unfortunately, I do know you. And I, your... I, I have the hots for a nice meter. I'm surprised that you don't exclusively use the metric system because you love meters so much. You know, I probably should. When I, when I launched my candidacy for president in 11 years time, I'm absolutely going to go ahead. And my first call of my first call of duty is going to be, we're, we're converting to the metric system. I'd probably be surprised by this, but I don't think that a lot of people will be on your side about that. Well, who cares? Because when I win, due to my riveting personality, my stunning good looks, I'm going to win. Do people think the presidency is just a dictatorship? Just because... Oh, I'll make it one. Just because you're the president, you could just be like, fuck it, we're doing the metric system now, like everybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, why the fuck do we got to be different? It's in the name of the of the system. It's the imperial system. Fuck we're, the imperial system. We're imperialists. Yeah, imperial this. Imperial this. We're the evil empire, so we have to use the imperial measuring <laughs> measuring system. So they say. So they so say. So they say. Anyway, so you have the dropometer. Is it just like all the others? Is it on a scale of one to ten? It is on the scale of one to ten. You know the drill. Of course. So we will be, I just have a couple of borderline guys written down and you might be asking yourself, you might be in a position where you may have questions about who is a good drop, who is a bad drop. And to define a good drop is someone that you can drop without any potential repercussions involved. So for example, someone that is not on this meter, but could potentially be on the meter is let's say no offense. No offense would be considered a bad drop. 
because Thank God, that's why I, th- I, th- I thought you were gonna be like, no offense, a good drop. I was like, what is going on here? Bird no, no, is no, going no, no. rogue. We have a no, rogue host. No offense is a bad drop because he would be claimed immediately. He would be picked up on the spot. Yes. But a good drop could be considered Henry Ruggs. That would be a good drop. I think Sam Darnold is probably just less controversially. Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold is a good drop, even though love you, love you, Sam, but you're he's a good drop. Sam Darnold, good drop, was on my list. So thank you, Adam. Thank you for, for spoiling that one. You could pick another guy. I might have to pick another guy now. Fantastic. So would you like to start? Sure. So we're going to start with the quarterback position. I can uh, give you just, another guy if you want. Oh, I have another guy. I have another uh, guy. Don't okay. Don't you don't you worry about that, sweet cheeks. So the please first, don't call me that. I told you not to call me that. Too bad. What are you gonna do about it? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fly back and force me not to call you sweet cheeks. Yes, but I'll have to wait till Thanksgiving. Okay, good. Got it. So the first guy that we are going to talk about a good or a bad drop. Derek Carr. So where oh. would you rank him on the trouble meter, Adam? I know he is your friend. I, I know you have a close personal relationship with Derek Carr. It all makes sense. You didn't move to Utah because of your job. You moved to Utah to be closer to Derek Carr. It makes so much sense. What? Why? Well, why Utah? Why couldn't I just move to Vegas and cut out the middleman? because you clearly didn't want it to be blatantly obvious that you moved to Las Vegas because of Derek Carr. So you decided to keep a far enough distance. That way you'd be less suspicious. No, that's not why I moved to Utah. Adam, I figured you out. I I, 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 I figured you out. This is, this is just some world-class investigative work. I moved to Utah actually to see Zach Wilson over the summer. Over oh, summer. oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So actually one of my coworkers had like had a class with Zach Wilson at BYU a couple of years ago. He went to class. Apparently that's a, he went to that, he went to that one. He went to that oh, one. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Zach Wilson actually went to class. Yeah. This is outrageous. Do we know what the class was? I she probably told me, but I forget. I forget what it was. Please tell, please tell me it was like chemistry. It know. definitely was. It definitely wasn't chemistry. I might ask her tomorrow, just because I'm curious now. Adam, you're going to ask her tomorrow, and then when we gather again for the preview show, I'm going to ask you this question because I'm genuinely curious. What's more likely? I'm actually going to ask her the question and get a definitive answer, or are you going to remember to ask me when we do the preview show? You want to test me on that one? I will. Ask Adam about Zach Wilson class. Okay. It's written down on my notes page. So when I open my notebook to write some notes down for the next show, I'm going to use the same page. And when I write down my my next little column there, I'm going to write down week nine preview. And then on top of it, I'm going to see, ask Adam about Zach Wilson class. And it's going to come to me. Okay. All right. Well, I will ask her tomorrow. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Derek Carr on, on the drop beater. Yes. So Derek Carr, this is a tough one because Derek Carr just lost one of his top receivers to, I not even joking. Not even going to joke about it. Serious there allegations. Is no, there is no joke that could be told. No. Nope. No, definitely not. Um, yeah. It's a tough one. I think... I mean, Derek Carr is still good. He's still serviceable. I think Derek Carr is like a bad drop. I think he's probably like a three or a four. I think somebody's going to pick him up based on either like name value or if they actually like see his performances and like, you know what? He's definitely worth it. I mean, if you're desperate for a quarterback, for a quarterback, let's say you've been uh, dealing with an injury to Russell Wilson, 
this whole time, or maybe you waited on drafting a quarterback and you found like Carson Wentz or Tua and they're not panning out for you, then yeah. I mean, or Matt Ryan, if he's not panning out for you, then I think uh, Derek Carr would be picked up pretty, pretty quickly if you were to drop him. Derek Carr is four for me as well. I just think that he's a very, very good number two quarterback. Obviously, you know, and, and I'm, I'm relating this on 10 and 12 team leagues. Obviously, in an eight person league, you're going to find better quarterbacks on your waiver wire. You don't really have to worry about holding on to Derek Carr. But I'm operating through the lens of 10 and 12 team leagues here. For me, Derek Carr is a four because you're probably not going to find many better options on waiver wire, number one. And number two, his schedule the rest of the way in terms of opposing defenses that he goes up against are very, very, it's very good. He goes to the Giants this week, obviously West Coast to East Coast, not great. I wouldn't be starting him there personally because I think the Giants may end up winning that game because, again, we've talked about this in the past. West Coast teams have to travel East. It, it doesn't usually go well. Then we have the Chiefs. At home, ding, ding, ding. The Bengals at home, you can pass on them. Ding, ding, ding. At, sure Dallas, at Dallas on Thanksgiving, ding, ding, ding. At, at home versus Washington, ding, ding, ding. At Kansas City, check. At Cleveland, check. At home versus Denver, meh, meh. You could, you could pass on them, but not, not as stone cold. And then at Indianapolis in championships. So, Realistically, if you are in a bind at quarterback right now, say say a great example that Adam, Adam just brought up is say, you know, you have concerns about Russell Wilson and what he's going to look like when he comes back. Or maybe you are you've been starting Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a great example. Say you have Jalen Hurts and you are deathly concerned about what the future holds for Jalen Hurts. Derek Carr is, is, is a great pickup. I mean, he's got. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's got seven weeks where you can realistically say you could start Derek Carr and expect, expect him to have a good enough time in, in those matchups. You just need to find someone for this week. But would you start him over Jalen? You would start him over Jalen Hurts every single one of those weeks? Uh, I mean, you have to take that week by week, I think. Okay. I mean, what would I start? I mean, who does Jalen Hurts play next week? I would start Jalen Hurts. I mean, I no, I would start Derek Carr with Jalen Hurts this week. Jalen Hurts going against the Chargers. Carr is going up against the Giants. And then week 10, let's see. Week 10, he goes to Denver. Yeah, I'd start Derek Carr over Jalen Hurts there. Yeah. So the next two weeks, I, I, yeah, I would be starting Derek Carr over Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I would. Okay. Okay. I would. Just make it, just seeing. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts could be hanging by a thread to to his starting job. I don't know why. I don't know why because apparently the Eagles are are fucked up. That's why. True, true, very true. Um, yeah. So I I I would not. I would hold on to Derek Carr. I I think that's a that's one you uh, you hold on to. The the next guy we're going to talk about, Ryan Tannehill. Now Ryan Tannehill owned in seventy two percent of leagues. So. He is available. He's being dropped in some places. So, Adam, the drop meter for Ryan Tannehill. Well, I'm not surprised that Ryan Tannehill is a name that popped up because this is very, you know, this is definitely the ripple effect of somebody like Derrick Henry being done for the season because you'd think that more of the load would fall on Ryan Tannehill because Derrick Henry's out and Derrick Henry isn't there to kind of take the pressure off of Ryan Tannehill. Now Ryan Tannehill has to do it himself, so to speak. Um, I don't know. Cause we haven't really seen Derrick Henry miss a, a significant portion of time while Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback. So we don't know what the offense necessarily looks like, but you can assume like you have to think about it, if it's like a chicken or the egg scenario where did Derrick Henry help Ryan Tannehill be a more conservative passer or did Ryan Tannehill get some coaching 
to kind of refine his mechanics. And he, and he's just a more conservative, reliable passer all on his own. But I think that, I think people are still, it's kind of like similar to Derek Carr in a way where I think he's also like a four or five for me, because I think if you drop Ryan Tannehill, somebody's going to pick up Ryan Tannehill because they, they see the guy and they're like, this is a guy that's a, that has a steady floor and he's like a good option. And especially if you're in a 10 or a 12 team league or deeper, you're dropping him. He's getting picked up in a, in a split second. That's interesting. That's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. Because Ryan Tannehill is owned in only two of the leagues that I play in. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I believe he's available in both of our leagues, Adam. I believe. I'm, I may be wrong on that. I haven't. You are, you're wrong on one of them because I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So I am wrong on one of them. Okay, fine. Um, for me, Ryan Tannehill on the drop-o-meter I would say that he is a six. I would say that he is a, he's an okay drop. I like Derek Carr more rest of season. Just want to put that out there because I do agree with what Adam said. And he may, he makes a very good point when he says, does the Derek Henry injury expose Ryan Tannehill? We don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out just how good, Ryan Tannehill is. Has he been limited to more of just a game manager with Derrick Henry back there? The answer is probably yes, quite honestly. But he's made good enough throws. We know the connection that he has with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown has become one of the best receivers in the National Football League because of Ryan Tannehill. So he's got that working for him. And he might get Corey Davis. I mean, he might get Corey Davis. I was thinking of two different things at the same time. I I was going to say, what's your source of that one? I I don't wish actually I love Corey Davis. He might be getting Julio Jones back this week. Yeah, that's, that's another one. Can can you actually rely on Julio? No, but I think it makes a difference just in how that offense is covered because now it's AJ Brown. Who do you cover on the Titans? AJ Brown. That's it. Well, I we may be talking about Julio in a little bit. Just putting just putting that out there um but i think ryan Tannehill again i think you can drop Tannehill, and i don't think a lot of people are going to necessarily you know be slamming the desk to uh, to go get him and and, and even then I, i just look at guys that i look when i look at waivers the number one thing that i look at more than anything else is who is a guy that can start for me right away Derek Carr is a guy that I think could start for me right away in the right situation. Could Ryan Tannehill start for me right away? I don't know. Well, he has a tough matchup this week, specifically specifically this week, because he's going to the Rams on Sunday Night Football, East Coast to West Coast, first game without Derek Henry. This week might be too much for risk for you. Even next week could be a little bit of an issue against, against New Orleans, but... Then he has Houston. So, I mean, if you're willing to hold Ryan Tannehill for two weeks until he plays Houston, that then by all means. Well, if there's one week that you can drop Ryan Tannehill, it'll probably be this week. Because if he ends up balling out against the Rams, who just traded for Von Miller, by the way. Um, yeah. If he balls out against the Rams, if Von Miller even plays. But anyway, if he balls out against the Rams, then you're going to be having got like we're going to be coming back here on Sunday or Monday saying Ryan Tannehill is fine I guess let's pick him up it's possible because this is this is a reactionary business that we're in oh it most certainly is I I would say something along those lines um yeah let's be generous Tannehill is just someone that look if he's your starter you gotta roll with him but if he's a number two quarterback you could probably drop him and go get yourself a running back or a receiver with some upside. That's what I would probably recommend there. Okay. Anybody the, else for quarterbacks? Yes, I do have one more for quarterbacks. Um, I'm going with Tua Tagovailoa. Tua is owned in 36% of leagues. He is widely available. So if you have Tua on your roster, 
is he a good drop? Is he a bad drop? What is he on the drop meter For for me, he's a zero. He's a zero. You do not drop Tua this week. He's going up against Houston. Start, 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 start. Then bench him next week. Go when he goes against Baltimore. And then play him against the Jets. We could have literally just had a Deshaun Watson revenge game. And it, it just didn't happen. We could have. We, we could, could have, have had an immediate Deshaun Watson revenge game. We most certainly could have. But this is what Tua does. Tua has great days against terrible teams. He had a great listen, day versus Jacksonville. Don't slander like the Jets aren't like, listen, that game is that game oh, no, in my is that game in Miami? Uh no, it's at the Jets. Oh, but, it, at but home? it's in it's in Miami uh week 15. But I was I wasn't even referring to the Jets. I'm referring to the to the Houston Texans. I'm saying you play you you said play them against the Jets. I was like, "No. No, no, no. I said play them against shitty teams." The Jets, the Jets are not a shitty team. The Texans are a shitty team. They are. The Texans are a shitty team. Look at the hey. other two shitty teams that he's, that he's gone up against. He's gone up against Atlanta. He had a 25-point day. I believe he was one of the top quarterbacks of the week against Atlanta in week seven, if I am not mistaken. And then in the London game against Jackson, he'll put up a solid 20 points. So uh, he's at home. I think conditions are going to be fine. I think the conditions to stream two of this week are... Yeah, check plus. He, he's he's a zero on the drop meter for me this week. When you get to next week, he'll probably be a nine. <laughs> I, yeah, well, that's the key. I mean, rest of season, I don't think Tua's the guy that you you should be using a roster spot for Tua because that offense is so bad. I mean, this is going to sound biased. I'm a Jets fan, but that offense is just so bad. And, you know, that team just doesn't look good. That team looks like the 2019 Dolphins, except there's no Ryan Fitzpatrick to bail them out and make them look kind of good. Well, it doesn't help that they have their top two corners that are banged up, to put it mildly, which is basically the anchor of their football team. Yeah, but Byron Jones and Xavier Howard don't play offense. They're not running slants. No, but what the deep what the defense does definitely translates to what the offense does because the deep if the defense gets turnovers, it puts the offense in good situations. The offense is then able to score points. I mean, Miami, they just haven't done anything right. No. And, and I mean, look, Brian Flores is put is put in an unfair spot because obviously this is a 10-win team last year that's completely underperformed. There have been injuries all over that defense, two of stinks. He reminds me a lot of Jalen Hurts, Tua. I know the comparisons are just, it's a match made in heaven for this one. But he's a guy that stinks in real life, but is truly great for fantasy. In the right spot. In the right spot. Let's point that out. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about that. So, well, all right, let me ask you this. Okay. Would you start Tua this week in a spot if you had to? If I had to, well, here, let me answer your question with a question. Sure. Is Derek Carr available? Yes. I'll take Derek Carr. Let me pull up my ranks. Let me pull up my ranks and I'll tell you where I have Mr. Carr. So in my ranks, if Google Drive wants to work, that would be splendid stuff. I have Derek Carr at 12. I have two at 14. So I would rather have Derek Carr as well. Okay. But I would I would rather have Tua over Tannehill. Yeah, well, I'm a bit shaky on Tannehill. Even though... Like for this week, I'm shaky on Tannehill because you just don't know. I'm very much in the, as you know, as if you've listened to this podcast and you should, you should listen to all the episodes previously. But if you have, you know that I'm very much a do it, do it first before I kind of trust you. I'm not going to go and take an unnecessary risk on somebody where 
there's so many different factors going into a game and like you just don't know how it's gonna gonna play out when there are guys like listen Derek Carr and Tua have also have their own different mitigating circumstances but it's not like they just lost the best player on their team like Ryan Tannehill just did true all right so we move on to the running backs yes let's do it okay so let's go on to the running backs and the first name that I have in mind is another Miami Dolphin, Miles Gaskin. Oh, I fuck Miles Gaskin. Owned in 84% of leagues. That's about about 80% too much. You have Miles Gaskin. I have Miles Gaskin in the spot as well. So we both can. I don't have Miles. I don't have Miles Gaskin anymore. Oh, you got rid of him? Mm Mm-hmm. Good He's for picked you. up. So actually, funny story. So I dropped I like Miles Gaskin. I dropped Miles Gaskin. I think. Let me just see here. So you know who I dropped Miles Gaskin for? Who? Dearness Johnson. Oh, okay, that worked. It did. It did work. That worked. Yeah, and I picked up Dearness Johnson for thirty dollars in Fab. Listen, big yeah. spender. Big spender. Well, listen, big he spender. definitely won me that week. He contributed to one of my two wins, most certainly. Shout out to Yarns Johnson, then. Yes. He is like a he source got, of a lot of pain and suffering in my life. Thank you to he, Nick Chubb. But uh, Miles Gaskin got picked up like almost instantaneously. He did? Yes. I'm not surprised by that. So, uh, yeah. What would what would you say he is on the, on the drop-up meter, Mr. Miles Gaskin? Somebody added him from waivers for $50. Oh, oh, that's diabolical. I just want to make sure I'm just looking at the Yeah. $50. Crazy. Oh, oh God. Okay. So what, what is he on the drop meter? Well, for me, I mean, I dropped him for a deer. I dropped him for basically a week, a one week wonder, but I didn't but, even flinch. But I, yeah, I dropped him for one week wonder and like, I, I don't know. I just didn't like him. I didn't like Miami's offense. It's the same kind of deal for Tua, but I think Miles Gaskin just has a low ceiling in that offense because he, he had that one 30 point week and then poof, gone against Tampa. All that potential against Tampa. I know of all teams. Mm-hmm. A 30 point week against Tampa when no human being on this planet started Miles Gaskin. He puts up a 30 point week. Um, yeah. I, he's like a seven for me. I was going to say six. For, for me, he's a guy where he, he reminds me a lot. And I'm, I'm going to throw one of your guys under the bus. I'm sorry in advance. He reminds me a lot of Curtis Samuel, where it's hey, like. Speaking of guys that I dropped or yeah. I'm thinking about dropping. He, he just reminds me of Curtis Samuel from a couple years ago where you don't know whether or not you could play him. And when he sits on your bench, you feel terrible because he's on your bench until you realize that he does nothing and you feel good about it. So for me, he's just one of those guys that's a name. He's a name at this point. And I think you drop him. Someone else is going to spend a ton of the fab dollars on him. And I don't know if he's really going to crack anybody's anybody's lineup. There's the possibility. I, I I will be the first one to admit there is the chance that he will have to start for me this week going up against Houston. There is a chance. It's a daunting proposition, but there is a chance that Miles Gaskin will be starting, will be starting for me this week. And I hate every ounce of it. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, let me see well, where I have Gaskin in my in my rankings. Go ahead, Adam. I apologize he, for cutting you off. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, he had one like good half season basically in 2020 last year, and you know he's on everybody's radar. Like I started him. I guess it was the Jacksonville game that was right after Tampa, and I started him. Um, I was thinking like expecting good good things, big things going up against a bad team in London, but you look at the carries and you look at 
like the offensive series and you see Malcolm Brown, like all the fucking time, you see Malcolm Brown's name pop up. You see Salvin Ahmed's name pop up. Well, now like, there's no Malcolm Brown. It makes, it makes the situation just so much better. Yes. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's the same thing. Like what happened with me this past week when I started Kenny Gamewell, I'm like, Oh, now every, everybody's coming out of the woodwork. Now that uh, now that you expect Kenneth Gamewell to, to get some uh, usage, now you get oh Jordan Howard coming out of the cave to uh, to start coming out of his Boston Scott coming out of his hidey hole uh, in solitude to uh, come and start. Like what the hell? I thought for a second you said hidey hole. <laughs> no, I said hidey hole. <laughs> H-I-D-E-Y. Yes, yes, but it sounded like Heine Hole. Just putting, putting that out there. Um, okay, so swiftly, swiftly. Please don't, please don't implicate me in these things. Uh, I'm too late. Uh, so the next guy that we are going to discuss is Chris Carson, someone that is currently out dealing with a neck injury with no timetable for a return. Uh, as of Monday, there is the plan right now, and this came out last night, obviously missed this, where Pete Carroll said that Chris Carson, there is a plan in place to have him return in week 10 after Seattle's bye. Now, is Pete Carroll just saying that because he said Russell Wilson was going to come back? in time for gate week 10, like what the hell I I've heard people saying that this might be a career ending injury for Chris Carson. I see the people that I've talked to have said, there's a real chance that Chris Carson misses the year because this is a neck injury. And, and Adam, I, I don't go out of my way to give you credit very often, but I'm going to give you credit. Because you did say, and you have said in the past, that guys that have neck injuries are just no-goes for you. I cringe every time I see somebody with a neck injury because I remember, even though he's a defensive player and he does not impact fantasy, but I remember Nick Collins. Yeah. Nick Collins has made me fearful of neck injuries for, for football players. That yeah, guy, that man's career was robbed due to a neck injury. Well, how about, I mean, this is a completely different situation. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much, but like uh, Nick, Coll- no, Nick Collins is the best example. Is the best example. I, w- I won't even go down the rabbit hole. I was going to go down, but yeah, Nick Collins is, is, is a great example. And uh, Chris Carson, I would say the dropometer, I would say he's a two. The trade-o-meter, I would say he's a 10. Get get something for him. Yeah, I don't know what team. If you're like, I guess if you're like a, where are we? Week eight, week nine? Week nine. So you're like a seven and one team going and looking like you have your team set up. You want to take a flyer on Chris Carson? You have a spare IR spot? trade a bench guy for him sure fine you know you're really 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 buying low on chris carson but um i don't know like i said like i say all the time neck injuries never never feel good with neck injuries always make me like kind of shiver and feel uneasy whenever you're dealing with a player with neck injury so let's just do this really quick chris carson for james connor would you do it from the perspective of the Chris Carson owner. Oh, yeah. Chris Carson oh, for Javante Williams. Absolutely. Chris Carson for Miles Gaskin. Well, now you've put me in a tough... Well, literally, now you kind of put me in a tough spot here. Mm-hmm. I think I probably would take Miles Gaskin. I would stick with Carson. I would stick with Carson there. Uh, I'll give you one more. Chris Carson or... Chris Carson or Zach Moss? Chris Carson, Zach Moss. We're concerning that Zach Moss might be the lead back 
in Buffalo or something like that. If it's not Josh Allen, um, fair point. I would take Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't even a serious question. You just wanted to say Zach Moss in your Long Island accent. I, I mean, I do look for every opportunity in the world to say Zach Moss. I, I, I do. I do. It's it's one of the great joys of my life. I have to say. I appreciate it. I'm the only one with a Long Island accent in Utah, in the entire state of Utah. So I'm very happy to hear somebody else with an accent like mine. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, there, sweet cheeks. Okay. My, my the- inconsistent Long Island accent. The inconsistent Long Island accent, yes, the port, the Port Washington accent. It's not North Shore doesn't have the accent as much as South Shore. It's just the thing. I'm from, I'm from Port Washington. We're not fucking Valley girls. Uh, you might be. You might be. No. Port Port Washington. Port Washington. Yeah, it's very uh, very nouveau riche. Okay then. <laughs> so the last guy that I want to bring up is. Mike Davis, the Atlanta Falcons running back who has been completely usurped by Cordero Patterson, has six weeks out of seven, over 10 points in full PPR. Good. Not bad. But the problem is they're barely over 10 points. So for me, for me, is 10 points really your baseline at this point for a guy that you drafted in the fourth or fifth round? He is such a floor guy. And even then, I don't know if I would necessarily call him a floor guy. For is me, floor? Subterranean? Yeah, literally. The, the, the Marianas <laughs> Trench. For me, Mike Davis is a five. I wouldn't be dropping him because he's a nice depth piece. But could you drop him? Yes. If you if if Mike Davis is the last guy on your bench and you are making waiver claims on Tuesday night and you were to say to me, hey, Bird, I am dropping Mike Davis for Jeremy McNichols or Boston Scott, I would say, good, have at it. Yeah, I would agree with you. I would say do it. Do it and you won't regret it because wow. what, what, what's with you and Mike Davis? You got you got an issue with Mike Davis? No, I don't have an issue with Mike Davis. I just think that, like you said, he's been usurped in the Falcons offense by Cordero Patterson. And that Falcons offense inspires less and less confidence with each passing day. I mean, that's the truth. That's that's the damn truth. I mean, holy hell. That, that, offense, offense, that was, offense is diabolical. When that offense was competent for the first couple weeks of the season – Mike Davis was an absolute shit show, fourth round bust. You expect him to be any better now? Nope. No. What did I say at the beginning of the year, Adam? Anybody listen to this podcast? Mike Davis screams classic round four bust. There you go. Thank you. One really, more. he's classic backup running back, getting paid to be a starting running back, and that's about it. True. True. One more. He was, ne- he was never the lead guy. In Seattle. One more guy, rapid fire, no analysis. Derek Henry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are serious. You are very serious. Dead serious. Derek Henry? Yeah. He honestly, he's like a two because you know somebody's going to pick up Derek Henry. You know. If you have an IR spot, he's a zero. If you don't have an IR spot, he's a seven. Also, I mean, also depends on your format, too. You're in a keeper league. You're going to drop Derrick Henry? Fair point. Depending on what your rules are with the with the keeper structure. Yeah, fair point. Or, you know, if you're in a dynasty league, you're going to drop Derrick Henry? I don't think so. Oh, no. Oh, no. But keeper... If you're playing at a keeper in a dynasty league and doesn't have IR spots, then you need to go to your commissioner right now and be like, yo, WTF. Well, then, yeah, well, the, you, well, listen, you just posed to me why you, you just posed to me, are you dropping Derrick Henry? You didn't tell me any other context. You said no analysis. You posed no context besides Derrick Henry. Well, Keep the man's hurt. Him. The man's hurt. The man's not, probably not going to play for the rest of the year. 
He's a Jones fracture in his foot. Well, the timetable right now is six to 10 weeks. That's what they say. I'm going off of what the information says. Six to 10 weeks. It is very possible that Derrick Henry can come back for fantasy playoffs. It's possible. Do oh. I expect it? No. No fucking Hell way. No, no fucking no. way is he coming back for the playoffs. He's not even coming back for the regular playoffs. Eric Henry is a different breed. I would be shocked. And the Titans, the Titans should win the AFC South. That is a very easy division to win. Well, they should now. Now that they beat the Colts. They beat the Colts twice already. I believe so. And I mean, yeah. Yes, they did. They beat the Colts twice already. Mm-hmm. Just need to double check on that. Yes. Um. And it's not like Houston or Jacksonville is going to put up much of a fight. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. They're, but I don't know. A Jones fracture. Think about this. It's funny. One of my mutual friends, she has a Jones fracture in her foot, like a partial Jones fracture in her foot. And um, that's... So now I'm actually really thinking about this, but yeah, you know what you part are. of your yeah, so much so much for no for no for no analysis, no analysis. Well, you whatever. A Jones fracture is on the part of your foot that you put pressure on literally every single day. It's on the bottom of your foot, the bottom part of your foot. I mean, Julio got a, had a Jones fracture, and we didn't even know if he was going to be the same receiver afterwards. That's true. And and I mentioned this on the emergency podcast as well. And arguably he wasn't the same receiver afterwards. Yeah. And then you have to have that second surgery, as I mentioned on the emergency podcast that Julio had, that Des Bryant had, that Greg Olson had. So there is a possibility that, again, we don't see Derrick Henry back to himself until two years time. Oh, which boy, give yeah. Yeah. Yes or no only because we have to go on to receivers. Is Derrick Henry still the number one pick at fantasy next year? No. Okay. Who is? I think, oh God, it's probably Kamara. Okay. Okay. In PPR. In PPR. Okay. All right. I wish I, I wish I hadn't kept saying that Derrick Henry is going to be the first pick in fantasy because now I just now I cursed him. Now Alvin Kamara is going to go down with some catastrophic foot injury. <laughs> I hope not. Although, not otherwise, wood. otherwise the Alvin Kamara managers are going to be uh, they're going to be coming out to Utah and paying you a visit. Well, myself included. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the receivers and. The first guy I want to talk about, this is going to be an interesting conversation. Oh, please. Well, you know, we have to talk about ripping the Band-Aid off. Just just give me the name. It's not who you think. Oh, it isn't? No. Can we just talk about him? I want to get, I want to get this over with. Okay, so he, he actually was not on my list. So if you want to just touch on it quickly, and then we can forget it ever happened. I was led to believe that he was on your list. No. He was not on my list because I did make this list before the uh, before the news came out. So. So um, let's just I just want to make sure. Hold on. I'm going to make sure that I have this correctly. I mean, it's. No, I know, but I want to make sure. Literally, literally, that was like one of the last things I think I would expect to see today. Yeah, I was just like, I looked at my phone when I was going to the bathroom, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. For uh, for those that don't know, uh, Henry Ruggs was arrested and charged with a DUI at 4 a.m. in Las Vegas. And as a result of the DUI, there was a person that died in the accident that was uh, that happened. So 
Yeah, there are a bunch of person, legal. One other person now. was injured. Yes, yes, one death and then one one injury. Adam, do you have the information that you need to make sure that is accurate what you're about to say? Yes. Okay. Okay. Go for it. So this is straight. I assume this is from the wire, like a wire, because yeah. it looks like it was written. So I'm reading it off of ESPN just verbatim because I don't want to mess this up. This is a very serious topic. Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, the third was released from a hospital and to a Las Vegas jail ahead of an initial court appearance Wednesday on multiple felony charges after a fiery pre-dawn vehicle crash that left a woman dead and Ruggs and his female passenger injured police and his attorney said Ruggs and his passenger were hospitalized with unspecified injuries that police said did not appear life-threatening after the Chevrolet Corvette he was driving slammed at high speed into the rear of a Toyota RAV4 on a busy thoroughfare in a residential area several miles west of the Vegas Strip around 3.40 a.m. Tuesday. It's not good. Oh, God. Yeah, no, the pictures are not good. Don't, oh, boy. Yeah, no, they're bad. They're bad. Um. So I, I actually have a friend of mine that is um, pre-law and, you know, kind of knows what he's talking about. And I will, I pulled up the text message that he sent me earlier when I asked him about, you know, what this means for Henry Ruggs and his long-term future. By the way, the two felony charges are driving under the influence of alcohol, resulting in death and reckless driving. Just making, I, I just want to make sure that that was uh, that clear. So the text reads, I asked him, what are the odds that Henry Ruggs plays in the NFL again? He said, slim, he's fucked. There you go. Hashtag analysis. Hashtag analysis. It's a, it's a sad situation. It, it, it's a sad situation. And uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's a sad situation, but also it's a, it's only making a dumb choice. A very dumb choice. That resulted in the death of a person that didn't deserve to die. Yeah, absolutely. So you re- are you ready to uh, talk about the receivers? Yes. Okay. So the guy that I was going to talk about, Odell Beckham Jr. Ooh. Odell Beckham Jr., the dropometer for Odell Beckham Jr., Adam. Honestly, Odell Beckham Jr., I'm like surprised every time that he suits up because he, I just really haven't heard a lot from him. Well, other than like, you know, his dad criticizing the Cleveland Browns and, how, and their organization and stuff like that. But I think Odell Beckham, this is like what we talked about in the offseason, like all throughout the offseason. And maybe even last offseason, where it was people are going to pick Odo Beckham earlier in drafts and stuff like that. They're going to pick him earlier because his name is Odo Beckham Jr. And I think the same kind of applies for waivers. They're going to see a guy like Odo Beckham Jr. on waivers. And they're like, you know, Odo Beckham Jr. is actually, he might actually be, st- he might still be good. I'm going to pick him up. Especially, you know, this is definitely a know your room kind of situation because if you're with a bunch of Giants fans who still have uh, feelings for Ola Beckham Jr., then, you know, they might be more inclined to pick him up as well. He's a nine. Odo Beckham should be dropped immediately. Odo Beckham has posted over 10 points in full PPR twice this whole year. Twice. What were the scores of those 10 of those 10 plus points? 13.7, 12.9. In between, Ooh. 5.1, 4.0, 4.3, 1.6. It's not good enough. It's not good no. enough. And at, at this stage, make him somebody else's problem. He's not starting on a playoff team. He's not starting. He may not even be starting on a team that's like on the outside looking in to a playoff picture. 
this is a man that belongs on the last place team in leagues for a very good reason. The dude stinks. The dude, the dude flat out stinks. And I'm not going to go and say that Odell Beckham is finished done, but he needs to be out of Cleveland for him to have any chance of reviving his NFL career. And, and even then it's just like, what, what, where, where does he go from there? Yeah. Cause he's also, I mean, the other factor is that he just had a catastrophic knee injury last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we think that NFL players and athletes in general, are like robots that like, Oh, well, you know, it's just like Madden, you know, they're out for the year, but they come back they're hundred percent healthy. They're not hundred percent healthy all the time. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is probably still working back to be 100% from that ACL tear, frankly. And maybe even by next year, he could be maybe not back to his old self, but a good player, a serviceable player. He has to be out of Cleveland for that to happen. Yes. Well, that team, that that Cleveland team is a mess. Absolute mess. You want to talk about, you know, the Dolphins regressing. Cleveland is regressing more than anybody. You make a fair point. So, I mean, let's just rip the bandaid off of this, this, this next guy, Allen Robinson. For me, for me, Allen Robinson, he's a seven. He's a seven because the usage is there. The usage is there. He's just not scoring and he's not getting the consistent receptions. That's the overall problem. And he's on a football team that quite frankly, Stinks. They I think, stink. I think you're ignoring the other main aspect of this, and that is, will he get picked up by somebody? You don't think Allen Robinson's going to get picked up? I thought that Miles Gaskin was hot garbage, and that he would, and that nobody was going to give him the time of day. And he went for fifty fucking dollars in Fab. Well, I can tell you right now, if I have it, if if it goes my way in the league where we do not share a team you'll have the opportunity to pick up Allen Robinson tomorrow. Okay. Just put that out there. Allen Robinson is a seven for me on the drop meter. He should be dropped. And I would just be going and picking up anybody else with some, with some level of upside. Because Allen Robinson is none. I backed my children to the end, but this, this is just, we, we, we've reached a whole new level of despair with Allen Robinson. It, it, it's dead with him. It, 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 it's dead. The dream of him working out in Chicago is not happening. He'll be a great, great value pick next year in drafts, depending on where he goes. He's going he to go to, he needs to go to a place for the quarterback, please. Oh, he's going to look great. Jets green. I'll tell you that. Oh, please. God go to a place for the quarterback. Allen. Don't be with Blake Bortles or, 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 Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. Oh, please, God. He'll look great in Jets Green. He'd look great in Dallas on a one-year deal if, we, if Michael Gallup walks. Oh, might be my dream come true. Alan, Alan Robinson catching passes from Dak Prescott. Sorry, having a fantasy right now. Forgive me. Oh, okay. Forgive me. Um, the Last guy that I wanted to discuss, Chase Claypool. This is someone that... Good old Canadian boy, Chase Claypool. So they say. So they say. Very up and down. Very, very up and down. Only really startable in two games so far. Has played in six. I would say, for Claypool, I would say he's a four. Really depends on what other options are out there. But the matchup that he has Monday night against Chicago. Mm, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And we're just, again, I think this is like Jake and I, when we said you have to wait for that big Chase Claypool game. It, it, it might be coming. Maybe. I think Hopefully. Claypool's. I think Claypool's like a two or a three. So you wouldn't be dropping him at all. It wouldn't, wouldn't even cross your mind. No, I like Chase Claypool just because I don't know why I like Chase Claypool, honestly, because the Steelers don't really inspire confidence on offense. But here we are. 
I just think that Chase Claypool has too much upside as a receiver for you to drop him and just be done with it. Allen Robinson, you're like, you've seen it. You know, he doesn't really have anything optimistically. His quarterback sucks, yada, yada, yada. But Chase Claypool, you know, he did well last year. You know, he broke out onto the scene. He was drafted pretty highly this year. He's done kind of well. I don't know. I think that Chase Claypool in a definitely in a better situation than Allen Robinson is at this point because you're on a team that actually wins games and reliably moves the football down the field. So Chase Claypool is going to ha- get his opportunities for targets and especially, you know, high priority targets. So let's move on to the tight ends. And I think we'll keep this one pretty quick because I don't really have a ton for the tight ends. And really the tight end position is just a crapshoot. It's really separated between the elite guys where you're not dropping and then like the bottom tier guys where they are pretty much droppable. I'm not um, say Tyler Conklin or I'm going to be really mad. I'm not saying Tyler Conklin. Don't worry. Uh, I am saying a Tyler. It's Tyler Higby. Oh, Tyler Higby. For me, Tyler Higby is a six. Tyler Higby is a six. I think if it really depends on what the tight end landscape in your leagues look like for me. But well, for most leagues, it doesn't look good. No, no, it's it, it is a it is a dry, dry place. So uh Higby Higby is is a six, but Tyler Higby seems like he's the only guy in this Rams offense that actually isn't benefiting as much from Matt Stafford being a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it it just seems like everyone not named Cooper cup has regressed somewhat. Well, I mean, even Darrell Henderson has done has scored multiple times. It seems like for the past couple of weeks, he has not on the ground anyway, but um, still scoring is scoring. I mean, Robert Woods has uh, gotten a couple of uh, touchdowns. Cooper Cup has been incredible. He's been prime Jerry Rice, basically. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Higby just, we all expected, and by we all, I mean we both expected Higby to be great now that uh, Gerald Everett is in Seattle, but it just hasn't been there for Higby. One more guy that I want to talk about, Hunter Henry. Hunter from Henry. The New, England, New England Patriots had his touchdown streak snapped, but the usage for him has consistently gone down. Two catches versus Dallas, two catches versus the Jets, one catch versus the Chargers on two, four, and three targets, respectively, after having a six-catch game versus the Texans and a four-catch game versus the Bucks, all these games pretty much without John Smith in the picture. Uh, for me, Hunter Henry is a, he's he's an eight. He's an eight. Yeah, he's pretty high up for me too. I think he's probably like a seven because that offense. I think the worst thing that Hunter Henry could have done for his career is being a tight end timeshare with Johnny Smith. It's not good or for fantasy. Being a tight end timeshare, period. Because I feel like the Patriots just aren't utilizing Hunter Henry like they would or like a team would if Hunter Henry was the only guy. If you were on, I don't know, just random team in the area that happens to wear green. If he was on that team, I think that he would be in a much better situation because he would be the only tight end. And that's all the guys that I have. Okay. Those are fun exercises. That was a fun exercise. I love doing this sort of thing. Yeah, a little little change of little change of pace, and then uh, back to the regularly scheduled programming on Thursday when we do the preview. Thought exercises with the boys. That's what our waiver show is going to be now. True. True. <laughs> Can't wait to see what you come up with next week. I'll find something. I'll find something in this in this nugget of mine. All right, then. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find what? Nothing. Oh, why did you? Just, I don't know why you're pointing at me. 
I like maybe I like pointing. Does, does this make you uncomfortable? Maybe a little. Okay, good. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star review, like, subscribe, listen to all of our previous episodes. And for my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time. The Dallas Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. Get your tickets now. Bye-bye.